Hitchcock. And I'm Ash Matson. You're listening to Apta Sophia, which useful wisdom in the pursuit of biblical womanhood. Welcome to a new episode of Apta Sophia. My name is Ash Matson, and I am here with my co-host Kristen Hedgecock. Hello. And we are here to discuss in our series on Titus 2, verses 3 through 5, what it means to be good or kind. That is the focus of this episode. I'm about to do some momming as we jump into this first question uh, and change a diaper. So pardon the noise. But we are going to start with the very most important thing that we do in each of our episodes, and that is our would you rather question. So Kristen, would you rather spend a week in the forest or a night in a real haunted house? Uh, A week in the forest, of course. Because I am not staying the night in some demon house. <laughs> <laughs> not one night. Not, not one, once, not never. Not one moment. Nope. Not one second. I'm like, I believe you. I don't need to go there. Can I hear your strategy for both scenarios, though, just out of curiosity? Well, first of all, um, sleeping outdoors is my love language. And um, like my strategy for what? I'm sorry. I want to hear your strategy for both. So I pretended to give you a choice, but I really want to know what you would do in a demon-infested house because both of us are like staunchy, pres- like staunch, like oh, rigid Presbyterian. Charismatic. It's like, in there. <laughs> we you don't can, clap. We don't raise our hands. You can take the girl out of charismatic, but you can't take the charismatic out of the girl. It's in there. It's deep. <laughs> um, so <laughs> my strategy, if I had to be stuck, in um, a ghosty house, um, aka demon-possessed house. Um, I would bring my Bible, and I would bring my worship music, and I would just read the Bible all night long for 24 hours and tell them, in the name of Jesus, leave, and get all big tent revival. Um on the house and I would probably bring like oil and anoint the house with oil and <laughs> you would go far with that. I would it's scriptural. You anoint things with oil, absolutely. And the elders <laughs> the elders, you call the elders yeah. for the sick. Yep. But they're not coming, so <laughs> the house is sick. The house is sick. Full of devils. So I'm just oil, anoint it, pray for it. I have my Bible with me, the sword of the spirit. I'm ready to do battle. Come and get me. You can't because I have a Jesus bubble. <laughs> it's a force field. I have a Jesus force spirit. field. Yeah. Uh, so, but no, that would legit creep me out because I, I can't even handle watching, was it on like TLC or History Channel or like those, like the ghost hunters? Nope. Can't even handle that. His, it's got to be History Channel. It must be History Nothing Channel. History is on that channel. Yeah, anymore. nothing. It's all like ghost hunting. And ancient and, aliens. And ancient, it's like. Ancient what? alien theorists. Believe, you mean like you guys who gave yourself this imaginary yeah. title. The 0.03%. Ancient Anyway, that's okay. so weird. But yeah, so that would be me going into a demon-possessed house. Um me going into a week in the woods. Um, not much different. <laughs> you would just read your Bible and you'd bring anointing oil and you would I would probably leave rely it. on your No, Jesus I actually bubble. really love camping and so um I feel pretty confident in my outdoor skills um at night. So I can start a fire. You wouldn't know it by looking at me, but I I know how to start fire from just the little, you can't see me, but I'm doing the hand motion. What is it? Flint and steel. So you're saying you're a witch. What? Yeah. Witches can the start test. fires. Start fires flittens. from nothing? I didn't say from nothing, from flint and steel. There's a spark. Okay. Yeah. All right. It's almost like nothing because it <laughs> takes 30 minutes. But <laughs> sounds, sounds like witchcraft to me. It, it almost I'm legitimately takes. just going to die. And I'm just gonna die on purpose. In which scenario? Going in the woods. Because I would Why absolutely would go in the woods and I would know I know that I would not survive a week. There's no way. <laughs> I am not that like outdoorsy. I don't mind being outside. I like yeah. camping, but I don't know anything about it. I go like maybe once a year. 
With and me. I'm like, oh, this is nice. In we a yurt. Go. And it's with you. <laughs> in a yurt, yes. Well, we went tent camping last year, but. Yeah. Yeah, no. That's uh, Yeah, with my like little propane stove and yeah, my vehicle that I well, can get in. I camped that way too, but like I took Knox, my second born. I took him out two years ago, two summers ago, and we went because he's super like, he just encap- encapsulates everything that every stereotype of a little boy every everything and so his love language is also anything outdoors and survival and knives so which you can use all those things when you're camping so I took him backpacking on a little overnighter and so we went hiking out to this lake and it took us probably an hour to start a fire well I didn't know that we could have a campfire um so I didn't exactly prepare um that way but I did have a flint and steel and so it took us forever to get a fire going but but you did it it. and I took pictures of it we were so proud of ourselves and he still talks about that fire how it was like the best fire because mine was the biggest fire out of everybody in the campground because I guess nobody else has those skills I don't know you're a genius I I will kill any fire that anyone creates Brian's laughing because he knows. Yeah, he would like your husband's behind you nodding. Yes, yep. yes, absolutely. And I would do it so, with so much like trying to do the opposite. Mm-hmm. I would put like we had a winter in an apartment we lived in or a house we were renting. Um, it was kind of connected to an apartment mm-hmm. block. Um, but it had a fireplace, and we decided we were going to go the whole winter without using heat to try mm, to save money. Mm-hmm. And we and it was freezing. Yeah. We would wake up and we would see our breath. Yeah. And we would sleep with like tons yeah. of layers on. And Ryan would go get firewood and would start fires and he would leave. And just in the time it would take him to go to the store and get back, I would have killed the fire just by looking at it and then trying to save it frantically yeah. while it died. Yeah. And then he would get back and he'd like keep it. It would be perfect. I need to I need to teach you. I I invite you to try. There are a few things I cannot do, and it is keep a fire, uh-huh. uh, race a go-kart. <laughs> I, I know that sounds, he, he knows too. I'm always last. I try so hard. Everybody, when they go go-karting, yeah. they're all so excited. Yeah. All I'm thinking is, okay, what am I going to do to not be last this time? I cannot, like, there's no, I will, I hold on to the steering wheel with so much intention that my my knuckles hurt and my hands hurt. And I still lose every time. Also, shooting guns. I can't. Like, you cannot. <laughs> he, knows, he knows these are things I'm horrible at. I can't. You can't? No, I, I mean, mean, like a shotgun. I could. Like, you can't hit the target? No, I cannot hit the target. Well, I can make the, the firearm <laughs> discharge. Okay. Yes. I can't hit the target. Like, a uh, shotgun, totally cool. A handgun, nope. With all the effort and all the right breathing and all of the relaxing and uh-huh. all of the time and patience in the world, mm. nope, not a chance. It's- I've actually never shot a shotgun before, or a handgun. What'd you say? A handgun? Handgun, yeah. Yeah, I've never, but. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah. I, yeah. Yep. Huh, interesting. Yes. Just. Maybe archery is your thing. I hear women are better at archery than <laughs> just like <laughs> hold on. We gotta find you a survival skill. Luckily, like all you need is a big shotgun for the you know home protection element of That's it. That's true. And if you're up close, you don't need to be a very good aim. Yeah. But I would not be in line to be a sniper of any sort. I mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> Can't Maybe. even hit a target from fairly close. <laughs> so <laughs> I would be like aiming for somebody's head. I would get him in the toe or something. I don't. <laughs> How that would work out. We got off on a tangent. Totally. But the whole point is, I absolutely would not be in a haunted house to save my life. I would rather die in the woods. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I wouldn't let you die. We can't. Well, the, the deal wasn't that we are together. I know, but I'm just saying. I'd helicopter drop some things to you, okay? <laughs> I, I jumped in with all of my tangents. I don't remember if I cut you off or not, so my apologies. No, I don't remember either. Okay. Mm-hmm. You had a strategy. I had a strategy. You know uh, that you can start fires with Flint. Oh, yeah. So I can at least do that. And, um, yeah. 
and I know a lot of edible things, so I, I'm totally, if it was in the middle of winter, that would be, I would probably die, but, um, my winter backpacking skills aren't quite as good as my, like, in the summer backpacking skills, but. I would be afraid that I would get eaten by an animal. No. That would be the number one fear. Yeah. Yeah, um, I'm not going to lie. When we went backpacking, and it was just me and my son and my dog. And I took my dog because I know nothing is going to come into my tent. That's a person. And if something comes into my tent, that's an animal. I had a sacrifice. <laughs> <laughs> Take one for the team, Max. Very practical. There you go. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I was... Um, I was pretty, I actually, I, I did take um, my husband's, I don't even know what kind of handgun, it was a small, it was, I don't even know if that's what you call it, um, handgun. Uh, he's like, just take this. And I'm like, I don't know how to use it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. He's like, just point and shoot. Okay. <sighs> I didn't use it. There were no wild animals. Um, but that thought was like, could just be a sardine for a bear. Yeah. Quick so, snack. Mm-hmm, quick snack. But I'm pretty, like, if you don't keep food in your tent, bears aren't typically going to go come in and You are the food, tent. though. No. That's the trick. Not really. You have to have something appetizing in there. I but. like to think I'm appetizing to a bear. <laughs> You're totally appetizing. I didn't mean to offend. Thanks, Kristen. (laughs) All right. So the would you rather for our next episode is going to be, would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into the future or let's say a day in the past? I'm trying to think a day in the past. You would just mean your memory. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean like relive it. Relive it. Oh. Relive something in your past. Relive I a day in your see. past. I see. Or relive 10 minutes. Well, the past. original was 150 years in the future. Oh. I was either going to go with that one, or do you think we should go with, like, 20 or something, like, in your own lifetime? Sure. I don't know. Okay. Would you rather be able to see 10 minutes into the future or 150 years into the future? So head over to Facebook and weigh in. We will have it posted up there. Uh, Facebook or Instagram, and we would love to know what you think and why you would choose what you choose. So we're going to jump right into the episode now, um, and I will read the verse to you. Older women likewise are to be reverent in behavior, not slanderers or slaves to what to much wine. They are to teach what is good and so train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, and this is the part we're going to talk about this week, kind mm-hmm. and submissive to their own husbands that the word of God may not be reviled. So we wanted to kind of jump in by just picking apart what this word is, kind. Mm-hmm. And this is from the English Standard Version. So there is a variation of translations of this word, and it usually alternates between either using the word kind or using the word good. When you look into it, you see that good is actually the literal translation of this word. Mm -hmm. This is the way the word is used in like 77 other relevant, well, comparable scriptures in regards to the root word used. Mm -hmm. So in the verses that use this word, the context is generally referring to objective moral goodness. This is the overwhelming majority. Also, beneficial or acting in a way that benefits. It is used as being a positive as opposed to being a negative impact or influence. Uh, It's the quality also or value of a thing. Like this is a good XYZ as compared to a bad XYZ. Um, In some instances, it's used to refer to the product of labor, like goods. But that is, that's not how it's used here. So again, the primary way that this is used is um, about objective moral goodness and being beneficial. The direct context, according to Vines, is to be a benefit 
or a benefactor. So that's what we're going to we're going to focus on in regards to this particular verse. That seems to be the most literal, direct, in-context translation of what this means. I think this is a really good testament to being careful when you're reading through scripture to not take what you see at face value in regards to the way that it's been translated. Kindness and goodness, I think both are fair translations, but because of our culture, I think we can tend to read the word kind and think all kinds of things like nice, polite, simple. Yes. Mm -hmm. So um, let's start off with what's the difference between being kind and being nice? Yeah. So, I mean, basically just all the things that you have have said, um, being kind, you had mentioned that part of the definition is just being a benefit in, in, in having a goodness, um, and just a moral uprightness, honorable. Those are the things that I had down as a definition, which we probably read from the same source. I had some thoughts too. I think when we, when we think about the word nice, Mm -hmm. This can this is kind of like a popular virtue, yeah, in our culture, is especially in a culture that is does not that believes they have a right to not be offended, right. So it really this niceness centers around not making someone feel anything that's negative, right. Not saying anything that would hurt someone's feelings or cause them um, to question or feel guilt of any kind, any mm-hmm. any sort of negative. It's about making sure that whatever you're saying is really like building into another person's immediate superficial emotional happiness. Right. It's about being polite. It's yeah. it's very and passive. It can be, yeah. Like, you know, somebody yeah. who's nice doesn't go against the grain. It just kind of conforms <clears throat> to whatever. It doesn't ruffle feathers. And that's not necessarily what being kind is. You know, it's a kindness to my children when I discipline them. Now, they have said I am not nice (laughs) after I've disciplined them, which I would, you know, that's not a virtue that I'm aiming for. I'm aiming for kindness. And in that, like the discipline is beneficial to them. It is I am doing them a kindness, an act of kindness by disciplining them and an act of goodness by disciplining them. Um, Yeah. So I think there is an element of this where we need to be careful not to be unnecessarily harsh right or um flippant or inconsiderate right in as much as we can be gentle with someone mm-hmm. i think that's probably the best i think it's a better word than right. what people or a better concept yeah um in as much as we can biblically be mm-hmm. gentle and use language and be careful with our timing and be considerate of and, you know, wise in regards to um, having some forethought about the way the person might respond. What is the best way to be winsome when we, spe- mm-hmm. when we speak to someone? I think it's important for us to not swear those things off when we hear, okay, well, this isn't talking about being nice. In the cultural context, it's not necessary for a Christian to hyper-focus on being nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so therefore, I'm going to throw it out and I'm just going to be a bull in a china shop. Right. We have to be careful there too. Right. Um, especially as women. I think that one thing that's worthy of considering is that the way that women and the way that men are called to communicate are similar in the sense that we can't sin. Mm-hmm. And the things that are sinful are the same. But the way that we communicate and the end to which we communicate, the context in which we're communicating, the audiences we're going to have, um, the purpose of what we say is going to be different because we have different roles in society and in the home. And so gentleness, I think, is a virtue that women should absolutely cultivate in regards to their speech. But kindness in particular can cut somebody. And it's going to require that we cut someone with our words at times, not by being unnecessarily rude or Mm -hmm. harsh, but by speaking the truth and allowing God's word to cut them. So I wanted to start, we wanted to start by discussing the dichotomy there between kindness and niceness because of our culture and how easy it is to read that in here Mm -hmm. and all the, all the pitfalls that can kind of come from that. Right. So I thought it might be good to start by talking about 
how we image God in um, seeking to be a benefit to others Mm -hmm. and what we can pull from that in regards to just how God deals with people like us who are infinitely unworthy Mm -hmm. of him seeking to benefit us in any way. Right. Yeah. Let's see. How can we imitate God? We can be kind and good when people don't deserve it. That's for sure. Um, And, you know, going back to my discipline analogy with my kids is, you know, God says that he disciplines those that he loves. And, um, you know, when I have friends and I feel like I've, I've just been saying this a lot to myself, uh, just because 2020 has been kind of, uh, an interesting year and going into 2021 is equally interesting. And that has brought about many trials and it's really hard to see God's goodness and kindness through trials. And yet scripture says that they are, (laughs) they are good. We need to, you know, be thankful for that and recognize that it is an absolute grace and it, it it is kind of God. It is loving of God to bring about those things to make us more like him. And yeah, so I guess that's that's one way um, that we can imitate that is we do that through just disciplining ourselves. We do that through disciplining our kids. We do that just through admonish, admonishing and encouraging one another is, um, yeah, is through admonishing and encouraging one another. Yeah. Yeah. Not to sound redundant, but yeah. Yeah. I think it's easy. It's easy for us to approach this and feel that we do not, like there are interactions that we have with people that are neutral. Mm -hmm. And then there are interactions that we have with people that we should be intentional about. And as lofty and as, almost unapproachable as it seems in our sin to say that everything that we do should be with intention. That is God's will for us, his revealed will. Um, Any interaction that we have with any person, we should be considering, you know, as, as scripture says, the last will be first. Mm -hmm. So we need to consider, do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility, Mm -hmm. consider each person more significant than ourselves. Yeah. Like pointing to the verse all the way across the room, trying to read it with my eyes, <laughs> with my bad eyes. Um, so when we approach any interaction with any person, we need to be thinking, how can I be of a benefit to this person? Mm-hmm. And that may not mean like, how can I give every ounce of my time and energy and resources to this person? Right. But in this one interaction, how can I be beneficial to them? Right. And especially when we encounter those people in our day-to-day lives who are who seem to be less than worthy of it. Mm-hmm. The jerk who is, you know, giving you a hard time on the freeway mm-hmm. or the person who cuts in front of you in line right. and whispers about, you know, you not wearing a mask or whatever. Right. You know, we have all kinds of reasons why this this particular interaction is neutral at best and I don't need to be thinking about how I can respond in a way that is going to be beneficial to this person. But ultimately, that's what we're called to. And Mm -hmm. God sets the ultimate example in that Christ died for us and benefited us in the most, we can't even comprehend what he's done for us yet. We have no idea what he has in store for us um, beyond just the crushing weight of gradually unpacking just him pardoning or securing the pardon of our sin. When we... (laughs) We're hostile and enemies of his. Just, you know, if you ever feel like there's somebody that you do not owe the grandest, like, compassion and patience and forgiveness Mm -hmm. and benefit to in regards to that particular interaction, just look to the cross and think about the pattern that God has set. Even now, he gives rain to the just and the unjust. He is um, slow to anger, even with those people who are destined right. for destruction. Mm-hmm. Um, he is slow to bring human history to a close 
mm-hmm. so that every man can have an adequate opportunity to repent. He's kind to them for the sake of bringing right. them to repentance. Yeah. You know, um, and I know that's tricky to work out sometimes in regards to his sovereignty and his um, and predestina- predestination and all of that. But regardless, we know from scripture, <laughs> this is how he interacts with his enemies. So I think we need to be careful to draw from that in regards to right. not excluding people or picking our favorites right. to benefit or yeah. to care about. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank you, girl. You You're not supposed to be awake. Yeah, we have a winter winter bell here who mm-hmm. is very awake and also very fussy, and it's very late, and she she just wants to party and also <laughs> wants all of my attention right now. Mm-hmm. Um, can't believe she's five months old, and we started this podcast while she was still in my belly. I know. Yeah. <clears throat> little podcast baby. Yeah. Um. So beyond that, Kristen, you had some really good thoughts in regards to, I think, the grander, like, really intentionally going out of your way to bless and benefit. Where should our focus be there? Um. I mean, should it be all over the place? Like, we just pick somebody and throw all of our, our time and energy and effort into? Or are there certain people in our lives that we should be? Mm-hmm. centered on of course of course there's certain people um so yeah your uh, kindness let's see look at my notes here as you can hear me flipping back and forth um i'll start with the scripture galatians six ten. this has been my life motto for the last few years uh it says uh and let us not grow weary in doing good for in due season we will reap if we do not give up. So then, as we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are in the household of faith. And so my encouragement, because this is where I struggle, um, you know, Ash has mentioned I'm an elder's wife, and with that, even though there's no official role or official duty or anything that... Uh, or office or anything like that, there's still, you know, kind of a self-inflicted expectation of like being involved in, in pouring out to other people and um, yeah, pouring into other lives. And I have a really hard time saying no to people, especially if they're outside of my family. I just, I care and I will, I will make you a home cooked meal and feed my family fast food. Um, and that's wrong. <laughs> um, it's, if you're doing that all of the time, where people outside of your home, outside of, outside of your little household of faith, and is constantly getting your kindness and your goodness and your gentleness, but then you are just, um, you know, a sassy cow at home. <laughs> I don't know what else to say. Um, you need to be kind to your family. You need to be showing kindness and, and hospitality to your family first, and not um, being hospitable outside of your family and then um, to the detriment of the people in the household of faith that are in your family. Because they are a part of the household of faith. They are a part of that. And they are your brothers and sisters in Christ. Your kids are your brothers and sisters in Christ. So any admonition that you have to be kind and to be gentle and to be loving to um, your brothers and sisters and to the saints, that is directed um, to your relationship between you and your kids. And that is something that just blew my mind when I really thought about that and discovered you know, that was just a new revelation to me, this, you know, more eternal relationship between my kids and myself um, goes beyond just the parent-child, but in eternity and all of heaven, they are my brothers and sisters, so that they are my household of faith, my immediate ones, the ones that I need to tend and to be kind to. Um, Yeah, that was kind of a big tangent, but um, really, I mean, something that I 
just could not get and could not understand, uh, particularly towards my husband, particularly towards him, where I would spend, you know, many, many nights with ladies' nights and Bible studies and book studies and homeschool co-op things and all these things I was busying myself with and really neglecting being hospitable and kind and all the things to my husband and um, neglecting that. It's just not a good place to be. Make sure that whatever goodness comes from you is an overflow of what is already happening within your own home. Right. Yeah, I think that is such an important groundwork to lay or some boundaries Mm -hmm. to set up just to start with, especially depending on the season you're in. Yeah. You could have some pretty serious limitations in regards to what you're able to do for other people, and that's okay. Yeah. So, again, just to reiterate, when we're saying that you need to be a benefit to the people that you interact with, it does not mean that you have to invest all of your time and resources into them. It really just is... Are you having a conversation with someone? Mm-hmm. Are you being considerate about how you're benefiting them in the way that you're using your words right. or whatever you're doing with that particular interaction? And then, of course, yes, as you have an increased capacity for that type of work, who has God laid before you? First and foremost, your family and your church family. And beyond that, I think there is some freedom. Mm-hmm. But... Those, those responsibilities need to be met first. Right. As far as being intentional in working towards benefiting in a more tangible way. So this really is a lens through which you see, you see all of your interactions. Um, I mean, how often are we really approaching conversations or opportunity for service with the outlook of how can I use my skills or strengths or resources to benefit the person? Um, what does that look like biblically? I think that there is a a temptation for us to approach those in a way that is Mm self-centered and desiring to receive the accolades of the person just Mm -hmm. in regards to our own skill or our own, (laughs) our own goodness or our own, I mean, you want a person to like you. Mm-hmm. Um, you want a person to think you're a good cook. You want a person to feel, to think that you're generous. Um, there's a way to benefit a person in a practical way that really isn't ultimately benefiting them in the way that God intends because you're directing them towards their own ideas about you yeah. instead of directing them towards the Lord. Right. Um, showing... In, I mean, and I'm not saying we need to have a parade through the street. There's verses about that too. <laughs> <laughs> Sounding a horn before you are, you know, uh-huh. as something so people know you're coming to give your alms or whatever. Yeah. But um, there is a way that is marked, markedly different um, to serve people um, that shows them that the driving force is a love for Christ. Right. And that you want them to see Jesus in that act of service and not you. Mm-hmm. That's something we really have to be careful about when we are seeking to benefit others. Are we drawing, are we turning them back to us or are we turning them to the Lord? One verse that supports this is Matthew five sixteen. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Right, and... In Romans 12, 9, just to kind of piggyback on to, like, intentions, I mean, we're called to have, um, to do things with pure, um, with pure intentions behind it. And um, Romans 12, 9 says to let our love be genuine, abhor what is evil. Sorry, I couldn't read my own handwriting. <laughs> you are a nurse. <laughs> That's true. Abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. So we are also to hold fast to goodness, right? And we are to um, let our love and our servitude and our service to others be genuine and not self-fulfilling and not self-focused. Um, and we're to abhor that intention. We are to abhor evil. So I thought that was, yeah, we're not even to entertain sin. We're to cleave to cleave to what is good, hold fast to what is good. Yeah. 
Some other verses, <clears throat> just to pull out, um, bond servants obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of heart, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord and not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive the inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ. And then Colossians 3.17, sorry, that was Colossians 3, verses 22 through 24. And then Colossians 3.17 is, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to God the Father through him. The point is, is that kindness isn't just like this meek, docile demeanor. It's a call to action in how we are to serve one another. Um, it's not this passive, um, it's just, it's not being super passive and um, a doormat to people. Um, so Romans 12, 2 says, do not be conformed to this world. I mean, you think of somebody who conforms, it's a form of passivity, right? There's no resistance. You're just putty, right? There's nothing, there's no backbone to you, right? Um, so you're not to be that to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, by the testing, um, that by testing, you may discern the will of God and what is good and acceptable. So we're to be um, studious and not passive. Uh, we are to, you know, through the transforming of our mind, uh, use discernment to decide what is good and what is not. Um, anyway, I just really like that because we do think of kind as just kind of being the simple, you know, nice, pleasant, don't ruffle feathers person. And it really isn't just this like passive, you know, I'm just going to conform to whatever people want, but it is active, active pursual of, of what is good and what is right. And what is the will of God? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That is the very best thing for every person. Right. And God does give us the objective standard of his word to prove what is good for them. Mm -hmm. And it's not as woo woo and. Um, I love it when you say woo woo. Woo woo and subjective. It's not, you know, yeah. it's not, well, Lord, please tell me, give me a word. Mm -hmm. What's the best thing for me to do to this person, for this person <laughs> in this moment? Yeah. God gives us every single thing. I mean, it. The word of God is, is sufficient to equip the man of God for every good work, every single good work. Um, and that's what we're talking about here mm -hmm. is benefiting and doing what's good and what's kind. Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of people will come to you in your relationships and say, you're not seeking my good. Right. And there are going to be a lot of instances where, and this is kind of where it comes in, where you, you really want to be careful not to be, unnecessarily harsh right. because what you want to be offensive if there is a need um what you want to be offensive is the word of god right the truth mm -hmm. and you want that person to be agitated not for the sake of being agitated but if right. they're going to be you want it to be because their sin has been confronted right. and their conscience is pricked right not because you said something that was unnecessarily inflammatory Right. And um, and this is a big this. I think this is a much broader conversation. Kristen and I have talked about this off off the episode before because, um, you know, there's just a whole. The topic of speech is just a very big thing that we could discuss, but we can just mm -hmm. say as women in the circumstances we're in, in the um, relationships and conversations and roles that we're in. I think this is the best way to approach it. Right. And um. Oh, were you done? Nope, Sorry. I'm done. Yeah, I, so of course I have a scripture verse to share. First Peter 3.13 really speaks to what you just said. Um, it's 3.13 through 17, First Peter. Now who, is, now who is there to harm you if you are zealous for what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteous, uh, righteousness, righteousness sake, you will be blessed. Have no fear of them, nor be troubled, but in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, do it with gentleness and respect, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. 
And so, yeah, what hills do you want to die on? What what good are you trying to um, to conquer or to put out there? And yeah, just be very careful that whatever you do, whatever hill you're you're dying on, that uh, you do it with gentleness and respect. And because you will be slandered, you absolutely will. And could some of those things be true? Well, try to have it be true for the sake of Christ. That is what our good behavior is supposed to be in, in Christ, so that they may be put to shame, not you. So just be careful out there, especially, just be careful. Just be careful. Be wise in how you approach standing up for what is good. Right. Yeah. Even in your own familial relationships yeah. with your children. Yeah. There are, there are a lot of conversations that we're having right now where my kids will say, and I I mean, I'm, I sin. Sometimes I'm mean. Sometimes I get angry when I shouldn't. So they're not always wrong. But um, they will say to me, Mom, like, you're mean because right. I told them yeah. you can't have this thing. And I have to say, okay, let's slow down. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. What? how would you feel if you were in this other person's shoes? I think God gives us that as a great tool. Love your neighbor as yourself. That is just yeah. such a such a great way to handle issues with children because they will say, they will, it'll clear it up real fast for them. Yeah. How they would feel if they were, you know, and say, you know, I'm doing this because I love you. I know this seems, it's not fun. I know it hurts. You don't want to hear it. You don't want to be restricted in this way, but I love you and this is for your good. In your marriage, you may have to say, you know, I would love to submit to you in this, my love, but you're calling me to do something that is expressly forbidden in Scripture, Mm -hmm. and I cannot follow you in this way, and I am praying that you will turn from this sin. That can be a very hard thing to do. So um, you pursuing this call to be a benefit to those in your family within the boundaries that God has given you, because there are little nuances here everywhere, um, can put you in some hard situations with your children and your husband. Mm-hmm. Um, it also can put you in a hard situation in regards to dying to yourself. <laughs> because yeah. when you wake up every day saying, how can I spend my whole day being a benefit in every interaction to my husband and my children— you know, the self-care screechers are going to come around. <laughs> I just just made that up. Um, <laughs> they're going to wheel in on their little bicycles to say, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, that's too much. Yeah. You cannot require that of women. You can't say that. And we have said before, we are not saying you should never sleep. You should never have a decent meal or a shower or, or a trip to Target. Mm-hmm. Not at all. But the Christian life is not a self-focused life. Um, and so when we see this call to benefit others, it's hard not only because sometimes you're going to have to confront sin and benefit them in doing that, mm-hmm. um, making hard decisions for them, but also because you're going to have to die to yourself and think about, you know, doing the hard thing for the people around you when everything in you might want to be just overlooking it, turning the other way. Yeah not really pursuing their good because you're tired. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. And one final thought in my notes, which I totally love, and I'm working with my kids because they need working on, is uh, <clears throat> one tool that the Lord has given us um, in our little tool bags here of how to combat evil is with goodness. So Romans 12, 21 says something. Says, uh, do not, (laughs) sorry, my phone screen died. Uh, Says, do not be overcome by evil, but overcome evil with good. And so I've, uh, I've, this, the last couple of weeks have been, Whenever, so I have a mm, almost seven-year-old. He's my third, and I love him to death. He's the sweetest little boy. Um, but, oh, man, he is being a stinker to his sister right now these days. So we are overcoming 
the little evil dragon that's inside of him uh, with uh, good uh, ways to serve his sister. And so <laughs> he's just finding all new ways to serve her and do good things towards her and to overcome uh, his tendency of wanting to do harmful things towards her with, uh, <laughs> with, good, um, with good, good things. So, anyway, I just love that the Lord has given us these things, um, that he doesn't leave us out to hang and just watch us wallow and struggle, but he is, he is good to us. He is a good father, and he doesn't just leave us out to our own. Um, he doesn't leave us out, uh, out on our own. We're not on an island, but he gives us things like goodness to equip us to, for combat. He gives us things like his word, to equip us to battle and to fight. And he gives us things like faith to protect us and to shield us. And he gives us just an entire armory full of, um, full of things to do battle. And that, and that is just such a goodness from him. Yes. You know? Yeah. I, I think a lot about that in regards to just idleness breeding all kinds of sin. Yeah. Like, you really have to be busying your hands with something mm -hmm. good. Yeah. Sometimes to avoid. I say that a lot to Gatsby right now. Yeah. I'll say, go find something good to do. Yeah. Go find something, yeah. you know, constructive to do uh -huh. right now because you're having a hard time not sinning. Right. Yes. <laughs> and you need to find something to focus on that's going to keep you from that. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's been Cade's, my mantra to Cade. Go find so, go find a way to serve your sister because you're. I love that. Go find a yeah. way. So he he made her her bed last night. Yesterday was a particularly oh. special day, um, disciplining everybody, including myself. <laughs> um, <laughs> but yeah, so all of the boys thought it'd be super fun <laughs> to uh, scare their sister. They were playing flashlight tag out in the dark. And Aww. yeah, you can see where this is going. <laughs> My poor daughter, who's the youngest of three with three older brothers. So they all had their fun. And I said, okay, now we need to overcome this evil with good because you were doing her harm. You were not to scare her. You were to protect her. And she needs to know that she can come to you guys for protection if she's scared. You should not be the scary ones in this world, right? Aww. So you need to think of something to do to serve your sister yeah. in a special way that brings her joy. And so anyway, so they all picked something, but yeah, Cade went and made her bed and the other boys drew her pictures of her favorite things with unicorns and mermaids. So she was all happy, but it's like, oh, man, go do something good. Go do something good. I work with a doctor. Uh, he's a, he's a good Christian man and I, I love working with him and he's retired technically, but he still works. And so we kind of tease him about like, he's like, you know what? It keeps me out of trouble. Like he's just <laughs> so, such a, such a funny guy. And I, I love working with him. Um, he, yeah, anyway, but it, it's true. Like when we, when we busy our hands with good works, it keeps us out of trouble. When we eat the bread of idleness, that's when things get really bad. That's when we start gossiping. That's when we start slandering. That's when, you know, we find ourselves in people's houses that we don't belong in. And yeah. when we when we do um, and equip ourselves with good works, um, yeah, it keeps us keeps us out of trouble. And so much of our misery, we've talked about this before, it really really comes out of being focused on yourself. Yeah. Mm -hmm. thinking about all the feels you're feeling and uh -huh. all the ways you're not getting what you deserve and all mm -hmm. the ways your life or all the anxieties are yeah. all, you know. And you just spend, like the scripture that I shared earlier, you spend all your life chasing down all of these unfruitful passions and it just leads you down rabbit holes of more sin and more sin and more sin. Where if you're just obedient and joyfully do that, and, you know, do good works and serve your neighbor and serve your family. You are just busy, just serving the Lord. Yeah. yeah. It feels great. Yeah. And that's not why we do it, but it does. Right. I mean, there's just something yeah. so, it seems so 
contrary mm-hmm. to the way that we think the world is ordered. Right. Because scripture does say the last will be first. Right. You have to die to yourself in order to live. Mm-hmm. If you try to keep your life, you're going to lose it. If you right. lose your life, you're going to find it. Yeah. And the world says, that's nuts mm-hmm. and oppressive. And you should just serve yourself because you're number one. But ultimately, like all of our misery comes from being just fixated and obsessed Mm -hmm. with ourselves and, you know, changing the perspective and focusing on how we can benefit others may seem impossible and unreasonable and oppressive, but it really is the way to be free from that Mm -hmm. navel gazing. Right. So apart from, I just, yeah, what you were saying about doing good works, just the perspective alone is enough to like really let you loose. Yeah. Yeah. And the final thing, just to throw it in here, and we're going to have an episode in the future about boundaries and boundary setting because we think that this is a really important thing for women especially to learn to do, and it's a really big topic. But just keep in mind that being a benefit to the people around you, whether they're in your family or in your church or – Uh, friendships or other people in your life does not mean that you are not able to set healthy boundaries in your relationships. Um, You know, scripture really does lay out what our duties are to other people. And beyond that, people cannot come into your life and demand that you do X, Y, Z for them or that you respond to them in a certain way or handle them in a certain way. The only thing that has authority over you in that regard is scripture. Um, Of course, your church, if you're talking about marriage and stuff like that. But I'm just talking about generally relationships and boundaries. Um, So just keep that in mind because it can seem a little like the absolute of always be seeking to benefit the other person can seem like a good opportunity for someone who has trouble setting boundaries to continue having trouble setting boundaries. (laughs) Don't get off track there. Um, Make sure that, you know, we have to keep in mind that enabling someone to continue to sin against us is actually not to their benefit. Right. Um, So putting yourself in harm's way and putting yourself in harm's way and putting yourself in harm's way isn't always the best thing for a person. And um, it actually can be the case that it's really hard for us to stand up for ourselves and we fear what the other person might say or think we don't want the confrontation and that sort of thing sometimes doing the best thing and actually benefiting the person is going to mean that we do that hard thing and we have that scary moment and we set that boundary and then we hold it and um yeah just keep that in mind we'll talk more about it in another episode but i just want to throw it out there so um i'll have christian take us out So go love God, go love your husband, and go love your kids.